Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. This is Hot Takes and Deep Dives. This is Jess and... I am here with two of my favorite boys. These guys are a power duo. They are a power couple. Ariel Padilla. Hi. <laughs> and Dave Mazzoni. Hello. How are you? Great. We're here in our living room. I couldn't be I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I want to introduce each of you separately. So Ariel, I know because you're my favorite soul cycle instructor. Mm-hmm. And you have been for wow. years. Yeah. <laughs> so you are a soul instructor. Yeah, I, I am a soul instructor. I, I've been at Soul Cycle for almost six years going on, which mm-hmm. is crazy that I've been able to hold a job for that long. <laughs> <laughs> How did you like become a soul instructor? Um, I mean, to make a long story like a little shorter, basically, I, I've always like struggled with my weight. And when my mom passed away a little over five years ago, I I had been to Soul Cycle once or twice before, but never really loved it. I hated it, to be honest. And after my mom passed, I was like in a really dark headspace, and my best friend worked at a studio. And I started going again. I went to like my third class. I finally found like my instructor, mm. and I had like the typical come to Jesus moment in a soul cycle class. And I was just like, well, I can't afford to do this to do this often. So like, let me get a job. So I worked at the front desk at the Soho studio for six months, and in those six months, I dropped like close to eighty pounds. Holy and shit! Eighty pounds yeah. in six months? Yeah. It was like mostly like emotional weight. I had never really like lost control over my drinking habits and stuff. So I was just like just taking myself to like a dark place on purpose. And I've never done that before. So as soon as I found something I like to do, it just like flew off of me. But you have a background as a dancer though. Yeah. So, so you were always like a performer. I was a performer. I went to uh, college for musical theater. So I as soon as I was done, I traveled and performed for probably around five years I worked for Disney I traveled with the Broadway company of Mm -hmm. South Pacific and then I came back when my mom was ill so yeah I got it I worked at the front desk I started riding like three times a day for Uh (laughs) six months (laughs) and all this weight flew off of me and they were like you know are you trying to teach and I hadn't thought about it but I auditioned I got into the training program and then truly like and then he met me and uh, his whole life changed (laughs) (laughs) so i want to get back to soul cycle but let's let's in so dave isn't like he's gonna created a perfect segue no no i mean dave is about to like he dave is about to like get on his phone and like completely tune out what no oh (laughs) she's she literally knows my behaviors already it's true i'm incapable of focusing at this time in quarantine unfortunately i'm maxed out you're you're a comic Mm -hmm. you you start out at ucb right um, well, I started out at NYU. Um, I came to the city 10 years ago, um, almost 11, and went to NYU. Got From a BFA. where did you grow up? I grew up in Rhode Island. And where did you grow up? Oh, Brooklyn. Bro- Park Slope. Park Slope. Ariel's a Brooklyn boy. He's very cool Ooh-oh. in that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I grew up in Rhode Island. 
New England, mm-hmm. lobster rolls, um, a lot of Italians, a lot of Irish people, Roman Catholics. Yeah. Uh, everyone's very nice to their moms where I'm from. <laughs> it's very yeah. simple suburbia. My mom is basically a TJ Maxx and I love that. About yes. <laughs> so <laughs> she's, she's so wonderful. I had a very wonderful childhood and they supported me so much. I did a ton of performing as a kid, musical theater, all that stuff. Anything that could get me in front of like the most people possible. Yeah. And then. What are each of your signs? What are I'm a cancer. I'm a Gemini. Okay. But um, my moon is Leo. So um, like uh, definitely performing is like always what I wanted to do. And like being in front of the most people possible was all I cared about. So I went to school at NYU, was in Tisch, um, bounced around between studios there, but stayed primarily at Cap 21, which was the musical theater studio there. And did a little bit of sketch comedy writing there with Matt Rogers. Um, we were in a show together called The Reality Show. Which like was- how did you guys meet at NYU? Oh, dorms, honey. We, he was gay. I was gay. We sniffed each other right out. I mean, there's NYU is like is the biggest the, gay bar in New York City. Which was the initial when your freshman year? Where did you live? I lived in Union Square and I hated it. But what was the name of the what was the name of the dorm? Uh, University Hall is what it's called. Okay. It's on University Place um, and Irving. I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I, I lived in Weinstein. Oh, yes. The only Chick-fil-A in New York City. Oh, actually, no. It <laughs> no. was the only Chick-fil-A in New York City at the time. <laughs> there are two now. There are two now. Yes, I know them well. One in Flatiron and one in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, can, can you imagine two gay men on a podcast endorsing <laughs> Chick-fil-A? Can you imagine such a thing? Quarantine has truly driven us mad. In fact, I'm going to need you to strike this from the podcast completely. Take um, it off. Take this off. Edit this out. But yeah, that's the that's kind of the long story short was uh, came to NYU, lived in University Hall, graduated with a BFA, started to perform more, basically just started to create more opportunities for myself to perform. UCB was a great place to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I had so many talented friends that I had spent so much time collaborating with on things for NYU. So when we were kind of let loose, it was like, what do we want to talk about? <laughs> and it was yeah. celebrities. It was um commentary on pop culture on our generation and also at that time youtube was really a huge thing it still is but for a while people were going to websites like buzzfeed going to the advocate going to and like clicking through videos on funny or die or comedy central's page it's a little bit more social based now but um I used to make videos for that with Matt and our group Pop Roulette, which was a musical mm-hmm. sketch comedy group. That's kind of where Matt and I and several of our other friends, Bowen Yang, Sudi Green, who are both work at SNL, um, our friend Rachel, uh, who works on The Tonight Show. Um, we had a really didn't you great also group. go to didn't you also go to college with Rachel Brosnahan? Mm-hmm. Yep. But isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Did Bowen Yang go to was he at NYU the same time you he were? He was at NYU. Yes, we met right at the end of NYU, and but then isn't we're that very crazy close. that all of these people, like I'm including you, mm-hmm. now that are having all of this success, were all from the same crop of NYU students. Like, isn't that? It's cool. quite remarkable. Yeah. I think you lift each other up a little bit. I think when you're holding yourself to the caliber of somebody else, like our just our group, it was like, oh my God, I've got to make Sudi and Bowen and Matt and Rachel and Amanda and everyone in the group laugh. <laughs> and everyone was yeah. really tough and everyone had, a, it was a great combination of people because a lot of people had different sensibilities and, and different things were funny to them. So to try to make something to appease them all, it was a great way to learn how to write um, and also a very safe place to learn how to write. And I was also, I was 22. So like it was very easy for me to just like, toss ideas at the wall and kind of learn how to create in a group space which is to to learn how to collaborate at a young age is like huge because mm-hmm. you, you this whole business is about collaboration and about emails back and forth and thank you so much for your notes we're so excited to work on incorporating those into you know quibi was a huge uh a huge note 
process. We had to take our show, which is two hours live, which I'm sure Matt has talked about this, but our live show is very long mm-hmm. and it had to be seven and a half minutes, our yeah. show. So we really had to do a lot of editing and a lot Quibi, of listening. Explain what Quibi is. So like Quib- Quibi is an app. Quibi is Quick Bytes. It is an app. Um, basically, all of the content on there is under 10 minutes in length. They have scripted, non-scripted. There is reality. It's- our very own Andy Cohen is going to have an animated series, like mm-hmm. his his diaries. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all head up by Meg Whitman and Jeffrey Katzenberg. They are so excited about this. They've literally fundraised billions of dollars um, and they are spending it all on original content. This is all original content. Even some of the stuff that they're bringing back, like Punked, for example, yeah. is, is back. But it's new reboot, new stars, new celebrities. And um, it's it's very familiar and they're catering towards an audience's use case that is basically those little moments where you're waiting for your doctor's appointment or uh-huh. the meeting is late or you know you're on the toilet <laughs> i mean like, the train, like, like the train is taking forever right the train's <laughs> taking forever like the, they're going for a different moment not when you're sitting down with your with your loved one at the end of the night and you want to watch a cozy movie or an episode of real housewives of beverly hills right <laughs> nothing right. could possibly replace those <laughs> but this is just an interesting way to kind of streamline getting news and they have new segments as well daily stuff no, that sh- is, no ki- mm-hmm. really e-news there's weather there's um uh nbc has an app like uh, or a uh, a running daily segment basically they're just mm-hmm. trying to be the the go-to hub for quick stuff on your phone um a lot of the fluff is cut but with our comedy show it was really tricky to find that balance and i, I really think that we did and i'm very proud of it and the critics have received it so well like gay people seem to really love it which is and so important to us like we wanted to make sure that it didn't feel like you know, some conglomerate like got a hold of a really l- beloved New York City it looks, gay show. But it looks so high budget. Like your show in particular. It and was, honey. It was, <laughs> and like the set is incredible, which I know you literally sketched out yeah. on pen and paper. Remember, we were telling me, actually, we were in one of Ariel's classes at Seoul. And after you had you had told me, I was like, I oh, like what's going on. You told me that you got this deal with Quibi. And I was like, what the fuck's that? You explained to me what it was going to be. I was pitching Quibi to strangers for... Yes. I mean, Ariel knows. Ariel could pitch you Quibi right I now. Mean, I do pitch Quibi. <laughs> I mean, it just was like a... a and we, we we met with a couple of other outlets and a couple of other production companies and, and had multiple options of where the show could go. But for some reason, we just felt like the path of least resistance creatively was going to be with this new thing. Mm-hmm. They didn't have standards and practices or like an archaic like network that they had to please. And we know other places, they're very... They're very specific about what moves from a pilot phase to actually getting made and when we met with quibi quibi was like we will make this show i mean we pitched it in march and here we are in april and it's out a year later so to do it that fast was a challenge we wrote and shot and edited the whole thing in 16 weeks which, which is, required you having to move temporarily to la yeah talk about that so you guys live here in Harlem yes yeah. and we're in a relationship for those who don't know I mean it's yeah. like it's kind of imp- I mean we're together but we are t- we've yeah, been we've, together for five years when I said yeah. when I introed myself and said that was where I came into his life and changed his life I was right um, <laughs> <laughs> we did meet like right at that we moment. met right yeah. at that yeah. moment and, and also let, let's give people a visual let's so at Dave Mazzoni yes at Ariel DP A-R-I-E-L-D-P yes. so I think that you guys should like get a quick visual so that It'll it'll really help bring these stories to life. Oh, we're absolutely adorable, gorgeous, calendar gay. Well, first of all, both of you have joined. Each of you have shaved your heads in quarantine. Oh my god, yeah, (laughs) yeah, and like I mean, Ariel's head shaving went viral. Yeah, I I can't. I I've been seeing a barber since (laughs) my first haircut when I was. 
two and I see him every week. He is a member of my family. The same I, man since yeah. you were two? And I don't I don't trust other people to touch my hair. You're very loyal. So, you know, things have gotten really dark in this quarantine <laughs> I'm time. I'm telling you, the day I met this barber, I felt like I was meeting like a very like it was like a huge step for us. I was like, oh my gosh, it's very nice to meet you, sir. Known <laughs> Ariel his entire life. Truly. Yeah, I mean, my barber knew me, like, before I came out. Like, I was sitting in the chair when I was a kid, and Whitney Houston would come on, and I would start singing it while I'm getting my hair cut, and, like, every straight guy in the barbershop would just be like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh but, yeah, we shaved our heads. I, I My hair was getting really long. I had... My hair was blonde. Um, I've yeah, been you have been bleaching your hair while. for years. Yeah, for, for a couple of years, and I liked it. It's a fun look, but it was just so grown out. My roots were, like, so long that I was like, eh. And also, my hair grows pretty fast, so I was like, why not? Let's just do it. And I mm-hmm. let Ariel do it, and we kind of Britneyed it. It really was. Yeah. Uh, I just took it, looked at the clippers, looked in the mirror, and just went for it. At this point, who gives a fuck? I mean, no yeah. one's really coming around, so we're just kind of experimenting, mm-hmm. although he won't let me touch his head. Yeah. No. I mean, your the, your video, you guys have to jump on Ariel's <laughs> Instagram and see like him shaving down the center of his scalp. The yell he and the, he the scream he squeals out, it's so like a little bitch. It's so his, psycho. His, oh, he br- he brought his ring light into the shower with him. Very yeah, much. we had the whole setup in there to really document this. <laughs> yep. So, can we talk about right now? Obviously, the entire fitness industry. Right has had to pivot themselves to an online platform. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is SoulCycle had just announced or maybe just launched their at-home yeah. bike experience. So what's your deal now? What are SoulCycle's instructors doing right now? Well, I think those of us who... Because, like, I mean, you think about it, the fitness community, the brands that have, like, surpassed, you know, the opening stage, the ones have less, who have lasted the test of time, like Soul Berries, it becomes about community and less about, like, the actual physical workout. So you create this bond with your instructor and you follow them. I think everybody out of sheer boredom in the industry wants to connect. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you want to do as an instructor. You want to see your people. You care about them. It's the reason why you can do the same workout for five years and not somehow be sick of this person. So I think all of us have been forced to be creative in terms of how we want to connect with our communities, you know, for for those of us who are so into the science of working out, everybody's creating their own platforms at home, you know, those of us who use personality and humor and use the platform that we have as a means of, you know, creating this like really broad group of people like a family yeah, yeah. you know um like that i know I that like, you're doing like zoom, i follow them live so yeah like I, I do like yeah. zoom brunches and you know i'm doing a little bit of working out but it's mostly just like a celebration which is what i like to do under the mm-hmm. platform of soul cycle but now i'm just doing it in my living room what do you think about them selling the bikes with the screens basically they're making a play for peloton in some sense so um what we're doing at, with the Soul at Home experience is under this uh, with, with a company called Varus. So when you pre-order the Soul Cycle bike, you'll get access to it. And what Varus is is like a conglomerate of all the fitness brands that you know and trust. So it's your Equinox trainers. There's a, a big platform of like hit classes, strength classes on there. Um, Pure Yoga is on this app too. So oh, there's wow. like. 50 pure yoga classes recorded and then obviously the bike so it's not gonna it's not actually live they're like pre-recorded classes yeah. so we've been filming for for the past like six months so how many classes did you film so i shot i think around six okay i think soul cycle might have over a hundred in the bank cool. but as soon as um 
this is over we're yeah. gonna start season two of shooting oh that's amazing yeah so it's been really fun hopefully game show will start season two of shooting as well <laughs> we're both shooting our series right now and we feel really blessed yeah my first episode just dropped it's on the <laughs> I mean, but literally, though, they have six cameras. Game Show had five. Yeah. They've got a budget over there, honey. I mean, when you see the content, you'll see that it's like it's so singular. It, like, it does not compare to anything that's out there. Yeah. And it, it looks awesome. They awesome. do such a good job of bringing... Are you going to get your own bike? Um, Hopefully. <laughs> I think we need a bigger apartment. I don't know where it's going to go. We're going to have to move the bar cart. And it's like, that not that life right there? It's like, it's it's the bar cart or the bike. I don't yeah. know. You oh can't God. have both. Sad. So let's... This has been great getting to know you guys mm-hmm. like our listeners are like loving you. They're looking at your faces, but let's really allow people to connect with you. Let's get to the meat. Let's like get down to let's business. Deep dive. <laughs> Absolutely. Take us there, Jess. Let's talk let's, about our biggest failure and <laughs> unpack about uh, unpack the reasons why we can't let them go. I'll start. I was 11. I'm kidding. <laughs> Curious. What were each of your introductions to the housewives? Um, I think that I fell in love with Atlanta first mm-hmm. and if I'm going to like put them in order, Atlanta, Beverly Hills are my top. I thought you love Potomac. I do love Potomac, but they're Atlanta and Beverly Hills sit higher. It's exciting to watch Potomac grow. We are all watering the seed that is Potomac, and I do believe she will grow to be just as strong as my, and mighty as her sisters. Yeah, me too. You, I feel like I you agree. just go, you go in thinking like, they're poor. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm just like, I'm immediately, I don't get the glamour that I'm getting from Atlanta. I don't get, you know, the glamour I'm getting from Beverly Hills at all from them. But when I first watched... But you're getting personality. Oh, yeah. And we're getting (laughs) opinions. Yeah. I, it's it's just funny for me to think of any of these women as poor. Um, but do you remember the first time? Speaking, do you like? Do you each remember like how you got into the housewives? Like, what was your entry point? So for you, it was Atlanta. It was definitely Atlanta. I don't. I I don't. I think in college, I had a friend. She's still our friend, Ashley, mm-hmm. um, and she watched Real Housewives of New Jersey. And she thought this was like where I was from, um, (laughs) just based on my accent and stuff. And so she was like, you need to watch this shit. I think you'll love it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not from New Jersey. It's very, it's very different cultures. And then I watched it and was like, oh no, this is the same. (laughs) And when I saw Teresa table flip, I, I, it like latched on to me. It was like an Omarosa moment, like, or like Richard or Jerry on Survivor, like a moment in reality TV where you see like where the genre can go. (laughs) And also like the raw, the kind of raw characters that they really are exploiting in a crazy way. And the exploitation of it all tugged the like real world heartstrings that I, in me. I, Mm -hmm. I'm a a huge real world fan. Loved the real world growing up, tried to be on it a hundred times. It was like, I really wanted to be the gay person on real world. Did you legit send in on? tapes i sent the like first part which was like the interviews and then you would get asked to submit a tape i believe or at least the the years that i did because i wanted to be over 21 and i remember that always being my thing being like if i can't drink on the real world i'm not going on like i literally (laughs) wanted to be the drunk mess on the real world (laughs) like i wanted to have sex on reality television i was fully ready to do it but i'm so happy that it didn't end up working out what were your favorite real world seasons oh god i think vegas was one of my favorites what was her name Uh, trishelle trishelle yes she was an icon I think of her right away. Love Coral. Like, watch uh, the... Queen Coral. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Coral did... Like, I also liked about the real world some of the things that I like about Housewives. It's like, it presents life sometimes for better or for worse as it is. 
And the real world used to do that. They used to have conversations about what it was like to be a person of color. Like you're taking people from all over the country, putting them in a house together in a different city. Sometimes it's Detroit. Sometimes it's Vegas. Sometimes it's New York. And and everyone goes through a different period of adjustment. And watching that, I remember was, I think it was formative in helping me understand that like there are so many people in this world with different stories and different backgrounds. And I'm not attributing all this to the real world, but I'm saying (laughs) like housewives for me, it's like we see the struggles of parenting. We Mm -hmm. see the struggles of, uh, you know, deal like Lisa Rinna talking about her children's eating disorders and the way that she deals with that. I respect her for being so open about it. Dealing with loss. Like Mm -hmm. what were your top? What are your top three housewives? So to answer your question in short, New Jersey brought me in. My friend Ashley saw me, showed Mm -hmm. me New Jersey and I felt so seen. She thought you were, she thought you were Teresa and I denied it. And then unfortunately it was true. (laughs) I have since fallen kind of off Jersey, but I'm excited to dive back in as we have another month of quarantine. The past two seasons have been good. I watched, I watched the end of the most recent season yeah um i'm back in i mean i like Teresa. the whole jail thing. i mean all of that it's like it's, it's, it was when crazy you, when you sit down and th- i was saying this to somebody when you just sit down and think that Teresa and joe gorga are brother and sister like yeah. if you actually like sit down and focus on that it'll actually blow your mind mm-hmm. it's true it's like you, that you don't make that up um, my favorites are my favorite housewives is what I'll go by because okay. the cities are sort of like I don't know New York and LA kind of blend together to me like we just watched a whole Beverly Hills episode with them in physically New I York know. <laughs> right. I know uh, but I love Erica Jane I love how she owns love. everything you cannot mm-hmm. step to her I love her owning her like dancing past in these most recent episodes and like mm-hmm. going to the strip club wait can and, I like, tell you something yes. so you know how she took them to Shakers mm-hmm. yeah. that is this is gonna blow your mind based oh on based on what you just said before about Jersey Shakers is the exact strip club where Danielle Staub worked in Cop Without a Badge. Oh. And I told this to Dolores Catania when I interviewed her. Oh. And she had a mental breakdown, called her cousin, who managed one of these Jersey strip clubs, to like let him know in the middle of the interview, literally like makes a phone call to her cousin. Oh. Who I'm definitely positive like is in the mob oh. or something. <laughs> So, oh my God, wow. And Danielle Staub, another one. What was her song? The oh. one with Lori Michaels? Yes, yes. She had a duet. It was like a lesbian. Um, when they started to release music too, like I was fully on board. Like, <laughs> yeah, like Party, I loved Party it. for the Party, I think might have been my entrance to Wait, Atlanta. Hold on a second. The three of us and my partner famously oh. went to Countess Luann's Christmas show. That was, that was really one of the nights that cemented our friendship for sure. Yeah. Um, was seeing Countess Luann, where I would later at the Gramercy Theater, yeah. where I would later perform game show. Like, yeah. literally oh five God. months later, we went and we did game show for New sold York Comedy Fest. Sold it out. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like Countess Luann. <laughs> it's not super glamorous there, but it, we, we had a great time. Um, and I felt like the Countess. Joe and the Gramercy Theater is iconic in New York. Iconic. Yeah. She was so excited. Yeah. I just think that the Countess Luann like needs everything covered in diamonds and roses. But to, you know, it's it's all a facade. These mm-hmm. women, the, the that's part of what I love too, is that yes, they get berated on and yes, we drag them through the mud, but they're kind of putting themselves up for that as like, to as they perform their wealth for us every single week. You know what I mean? It's like this vicious cycle, this yin and yang of like us ripping I mean, them apart and wanting to drag them, but also wanting to consume everything. Totally. I mean, like that that theater was busting at the seams when we went and saw Countess oh, yeah. Sue Ann. But yeah. I think that 50% of those people were there to just laugh at her. Just Which is right. blacked but out, they bought like, tickets. Oh, like, everyone was, like, <laughs> you know, she's Mickey Mouse to some people, and it's like, but but Disney's huge, so yeah. like, let's absolutely go, and that's why they release more music. And so, you ask me, top queens, I'll say Countess for sure. Queens, <laughs> yeah, queens, <laughs> lol, Eric, Eric, <laughs> top queens. 
Erica Jane for sure. Love Countess Luann. Even though she's a mess, I just like feel like betrothed to her. Unfortunately, I identify as a bit of a Dorinda Bethany mix. Like we I, need to talk about Dorinda. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like she's an aunt I've had. I have. Mm-hmm. And I, I will have. <laughs> I feel that Dorinda got off the road because she let the show take over her life. And mm-hmm. she let it all go to her head. And I think if you go back and you watch like her first two seasons, particularly her first season, season seven of Housewives, which was like Bethany's first season coming back, mm-hmm. I think it's a you're watching a completely different woman. You're watching like a great. She's the voice of reason. She still is a little bit, but she, she had this uh, soulfulness quality, you know, this soulful quality to her, almost like a Caroline Manzo. Mm-hmm. And I think as the years went on, she started coming up with these catchphrases that would become successful. And now that's her entire fucking life. I think that like realizing that you are like like a pop culture icon later in life does something different to you. You know, like 20 something year olds kind of grow up and expecting that. But like to have like a whole regular ass life as a woman, you know, and have children. And then, you know what? And you're nearly your 50s. Like you're like. I'm famous like I couldn't imagine I'm, I totally. would be a monster yeah. <laughs> I would be a fucking nightmare absolutely you you can't blame them for just- also like Luann singing like baby it's cold outside like she'd been singing that song since she was like That's 10 amazing. years old like oh imagine God. now in this no, in, in age she's like people like hearing me sing baby it's cold outside <laughs> okay <laughs> But I do wonder if, like, the producers sit down and they're like, okay, so we're going to move Dorinda into... Th- I mean, I'm sure they do, but, like, I wonder if they plant anything mm-hmm. just to give drama. Because sometimes when they're arguing over something stupid, I'm trying to think of an example, there are millions. Oh, a, oh, Dorit with the wine, the... Being late. The, the tattoo. Yeah, yeah The tattoo cool. thing, the tramp stamp. Or being late. Yes, yeah. Yeah. being late. <laughs> like, wait, her waiting for... Um, What's her name? Te- from- Teddy was waiting for Dorit. Exactly. Yeah. Teddy waiting for Dorit. Like w- when we make three to five episodes yes. out of this thing, it makes me think the producers are grasping at straws. So they're Same. feeding them things. And also I know that in confessionals, you really can pull, I mean, Qu- Quibi help. I learned this in Quibi too. You can pull shots from anywhere and really make things look a certain type Do of a way. Do you happen to know in the confessionals, are there writers around like or or producers like feeding them lines absolutely yes you think there are writers on how do you feel about that yep they will phrase questions in ways no i obviously the questions are written Mm -hmm. but are they feeding them lines hmm uh no i think there are a couple of gays there that they probably trust um that Mm -hmm. are being like you know it would be a fun cheeky way to say that you know some of the bitchier lines where they say like i'm not i'm not like I don't know. I, I can't think of one, but like they, you, you can hear like slang that would not organically come out of their mouth. Oh, totally. Or something like that where it's a, it's a young gay who's there to just be like, you could be iconic if you say this. Or this would be a really good gift if you say this. You know, I'm sure Erica Jane has, what's his name? Mikey. Oh, Mikey. He's probably right there being like, bitch, this. and Because yeah. ev- everything she says is pretty damn good. So I don't yeah. know. Like, <laughs> right. like, you know, and he'll be like, you know what you should say? You should say, I don't, I, I don't do that. I'm not a peasant. And then sip your champagne to the side. And she does. And it's a, it's a meme the next day. So it's like, they're right. Truly. What did you think of Atlanta this season? Since I you was, love Atlanta. I'm in. I'm even in. Even though it's like, Atlanta. even though it like wasn't a great season. I I like. I think Kenya coming back gives us what we want. Mm-hmm. I I think Kenya's a monster, but like you can't t- look away from it. You, f- I feel for my girls. Like I I feel for her, and then I Portia, get mad at her. I feel for her. She's getting through it. I love Portia. She's love one Portia. one of my favorites. I would also yeah. put her in my top queens. Yeah. 
I think that's where I'll stop. We'll if we'll say if it's top five there, Portia's my last choice. Yeah. I love Portia. And I I love having Eva on the show. I cause like mm-hmm. I grew up like loving America's Next Top Model. I did not watch the real world, See? but like I was yes. on America's Next Top Model from day one. So when I saw, I still use the expression model through it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Please, yesterday, um J Mr. J and Mrs. J at twelve o'clock every day, they're going live dishing like America's Next Top Model tea on oh, their Instagrams. Amazing. We watched it for like ten minutes and it was like not good everyone's going live the market is flooded but you really can get up close and personal like you can see the interior of their home office (laughs) with anybody out there right now i'm very interested if you could see anybody go like who was i talking to about this i think i was talking to matt rogers about it and we decided the person the only person we're interested in seeing go live is shelly miscavige wait I don't know who that is. David Miscavige, he's the president of Scientology. His wife, who has been missing for like over 10 years. (laughs) And we came to that conclusion. Not her. Because we were like, get her in that. We want a camera down in that ditch where he put her. And that's who we decide. Oh no! I want like Leslie Jordan. I want like Charo live. Like get me. (laughs) I I love uh, older in life celebrities. Let's like. Mm acquiescing social media and slaying it by being like not really knowing how to use it you know what would be amazing to see go live i would love to see like a susan sarandon mm. yeah because yeah. she's got crazy ass opinions yeah yeah she like, treats in like a, a good... crazy person yeah and she'd be smoking she's like, like the crazy. Messing she, of... she, she'd be smoking she'd be <laughs> high she'd be high as hell all the time <laughs> uh, inside sources that i know very well say that she'd be She'd be, she'd oh, be yeah, out. she's like, I she's very well. Yeah. yeah, she was iconic in Feud most recently. I mean, oh, Feud's the best. She's oh, been amazing in so many things, step-mom. but we recently watched, yeah, Step Mom. Period. 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 <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Step Mom, I think I saw that like three times in the theater. Oh, I saw it twice a, in the theater, child, and like yeah. every time it's on TV, I can't help but watch it and just fully hysterically cry. They don't cry. make movies like that anymore. They don't. I'm, I'm a sucker for like, we gotta pour one out for Step Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Who did each of you? idolize growing up like who were each of your pop queens when you were jennifer lopez period mine was this is the it it changed but it was britney spears for when i was very young for sure britney spears and why britney oh i just had never seen someone with production value like that like and um, they had existed i mean michael janet all so many people madonna Madonna. i mean madonna was mine and is is mine absolutely so many people have done it before but what what got to me was Britney, oops, I did it again. I saw it wasn't even hit me baby one more time. Hit me baby one more time, like was on my radar. Oh, actually, no, crazy was probably the first video that yeah, really shook me. Totally. The, st- the stop remix. I saw the stop remix crazy video, and I was like, budget dancing, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I was like attracted to like just the production scale of it all, and also like you know it was fun and catchy, and so I started to tune in more and more, and then obviously you know as a as a gay man when you're young, I think that you're you're constantly grappling with. Is it is it adulation? Is it is it admiration? Is it envy, or is it sexual attraction? Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it's con- you're constantly going back and forth between it. And it's like you could not tell me that Britney Spears was not going to be my girlfriend when I was young. Same. But oh yeah, Jennifer with Jennifer yeah, Lopez. Yeah, totally. I just I thought I was in love with them, but it turns out I just I uh, was obsessed with their f- their powerful feminine energy. And the way in which they were produced, honey, the way in which money was pumped in. Oh, yeah. You can never, like, tell me that. I was sitting in a diner with my parents, and If You Had My Love came on the TV screen, and I was just like, I can't eat these eggs anymore. I had never seen that. Like, I felt like in that moment, Jennifer Lopez had invented the internet. <laughs> like, I was like, it was like all this video with, like, coding going up and down, and I was like, wow, this is the internet. She is the future. She is 
the internet period I mean yeah. like what is it about JLo that you connect with so deeply because you, you do a lot of JLo work yeah. on your Insta totally. JLo work <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I stole that from Danny Pellegrino <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, well in, I guess my JLo work um she's Puerto Rican she's a Puerto Rican woman and I'm a Puerto Rican and she's from New York City I've always saw not saw I've never seen myself in her but you know it feels familiar you gravitate towards people with like life stories like yours it makes you feel like your dreams are not impossible and I've always been a performer since I was a kid so just knowing her she was able to do that in a way that I'm standing at the beginning of my path. I was like, wow, I love her. And also she's iconically gorgeous. She created fashion moments from day one mm-hmm. and she's still doing it right she's now. She's a mogul, actress. She can she's do got it, it all. all. What's your favorite JLo movie? Um, like I could go between, like honestly, like Monster-in-Law is, is up there for me. Made in Manhattan is up there. Um, I mean, Selena. Selena, of course. Selena is the standard. Selena is an incredible performance, mm-hmm. and that's where you really see her her ability to not only sing and perform, but also to really inhabit a character in a real way. Oh, yeah. Um, and then also, like, Monster in Law, of course, that comes to mind, because yeah. it's fun. She's She really is. What's the name of the movie she did with George Clooney? Out of sight. That is, that is mm-hmm. my fucking favorite JLo. Movie. I mean, also mm-hmm. enough. Like when she sort of entered like the rom com arena. Yeah. I just those are my favorite movies. Like I and love you know what? like fuck it. I love Hustlers. Yeah. Like how mm. to get like how to lose a guy in ten days is like low key one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Like that style of movie is just so easy for me to watch. Like I that's what we watched in my house like growing up. So Made in Manhattan. All of those films were just like. Oh wow, and she can do this too. What did we think of her Super Bowl set list? It was fabulous. <laughs> no edits? Honestly, I thought that we got I got everything that I wanted from like What a were you missing? Yeah. I felt and and you know what this this isn't a JLo thing, this is a Super Bowl thing. They all have to like play the most widely recognized songs in their catalog when madonna did it she had to sing vogue she had to sing please when lady gaga sang telephone and like who who actually wants to hear telephone lady gaga was forced to sing telephone uh because it was one it's one of her widely known songs yeah Mm -hmm. they have to go for the mass 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 appeal Mm -hmm. i think it's and i asked you to prepare this for it for today i want to hear your j-lo deep cut so for me i was i remember right after that performance i was saying well i'll reveal my my favorite JLo deep cuts after you do yours but like for example mm-hmm. I needed like one or two of the deeper I felt like she should have sang dinero okay <laughs> twist I didn't know where you what you were dinero. gonna be missing you don't I mean that's like a recent big hit for her yeah, I, I do. You don't. Like, you don't like that song. I like that. Oh song. no, we love it. it. I. I don't know. I just thought it was going to be like a classic J Lo miss, and it's oh. like. Yeah. I mean, I think De Niro is great, and it's a, a really fun song. But I don't know. It doesn't identify. To, for me, I always think that a Super Bowl performance is your most iconic. Your lead. Agreed. What? How yeah. you left your mark? Like. It, like De Niro without a guest appearance by Cardi B I felt like would have fallen a little flat like we would have been waiting for that to yeah. happen so I feel like songs that don't re- rely on her well that don't need her to rely on another person are the ones that I want to see you know so obviously the waiting for tonight obviously love don't cost a thing um let's get loud I mean the, like I thought it was. I thought the performance was perfect. <laughs> she she like really satisfied me. But in terms of deep cuts, my favorite Jennifer Lopez album is "This Is Me Then." Like what's a what's on that? Still, 
Okay. I'm glad, baby. I love you. I that love was during, I'm glad. I yeah. love I'm glad. I love any song written about um, Ben Affleck. Yeah, that whole album was written about Ben Affleck. <laughs> what other song? What are your other favorites? Um, on my there? other favorites on AKA. There's like tens. Uh, which is just like this ballroom That's the like, name of the song anthem. Called It's called Tens. Tens It's literally a ballroom like anthem song And like I don't feel like nobody knows it And if you know it Whenever somebody like references it Or like is playing it Or singing or part of it I'm always just like I love this person <laughs> <laughs> That's a big way in for him <laughs> <laughs> it's like honestly like matt rogers whenever I, like i we started hanging out with matt rogers he knows like deep cuts of yeah. like of, of things from artists that i'm always yeah, like matt and ariel often i connect. see you <laughs> yeah matt yeah. and ariel got really close really quickly because they had the same mariah deep cuts yeah yes. uh and that's Mar- mariah is like matt's like i think did he did he do did he, you talk to him about divas we t- yeah did he say mariah yeah i asked him which pop queens would make up the quadrants of his heart and he did this whole thing and he and then he did the ceiling and the floor. I was basically asking him to pick four, but then he said that Gaga was the ceiling and somebody else was the floor. But he it was like he he yeah, he wow. tracks. This is a beautiful house. So you were saying that you started out as, as Britney. I'm gonna can I take a swing here? Yeah. It went to Gaga. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I. I mean, it's again. If if we're if we're calling what attracts me most to a pop star is production value. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't that track? I mean, yeah. I, I think for me it was I was attracted to Britney uh, because of the VMA performances. I was like, "Slave for You" VMA performance blew my mind, and I was just like, we were tuning in to see like what next, what next. Even that 2008 era, like I was, I thought it was a bit. I thought she was in control. I was mm-hmm. like, she's doing, this is the theme of this. Because I, I understood at a young age that women had to reinvent themselves. They're not like men in this industry. They constantly have to change and be new or they or they're, they get disposed of. And so I just felt like this was an era for her. But then when I started to like really latch on to the fact that Britney wasn't well, that, that her family had a lot of control over her, it just didn't seem like, I started to bail out there and just... Mm look for someone else and at that same time 2008 lady gaga was doing i was it was my freshman year at nyu i went to the virgin record store and i waited in line there was maybe 100 people there and i got my cd signed and i saw lady gaga perform poker face and paparazzi at the virgin record store oh, wow. which would later become the best buy store now in union square mm-hmm. um but i i she was this girl from she went to cap 21 she was at nyu she was the mm-hmm. same i was like oh my god she's an nyu alum she's cool she's doing like whatever she we spoke afterwards she asked me who i had for acting i was like mm-hmm. larry she was like i love him <laughs> <laughs> i was like well good luck with this whole thing those songs were awesome she had all these spooky like uh, those crystals she was doing um like crystal dresses at the time Mm -hmm. and it was really avant-garde and fun and i loved the song paparazzi i loved the metaphor and so as soon as i went online she was like a treasure trove of self-made weird art pop era we didn't know it was art pop Mm -hmm. but it it was like she she made a lot of really cool um downtown videos and she released um the video for just dance around that same time and then as soon as i saw poker face i was on board again production value but also a woman like in full control um and really it didn't seem like anyone was telling her to not do certain things i remember when she was she was going on the I think it was like the fame ball yeah fame ball i remember that it was when she was doing a lot of promo for that was when she started doing all stripped down versions mm-hmm. of all her music and that was how she got me yeah like paparazzi on the piano was great yes. so good mm-hmm. 
yeah, she's definitely a musician first. And that was like, I think I, I was bruised by Britney. Like I saw what happened and the, the facade cracked for me. And I like in my next lover, I needed to find somebody who had like <laughs> musical backbone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, I can't be embarrassed like this again. So I need to find somebody who has chops and who writes her own music and who is cool. And I just want to see, and I just felt like she was, she had such a queer energy that I yeah. loved and also at NYU at that time like it was like Lady Gaga party was like everyone was throwing like a Lady Gaga themed this or that because she was just the first on the scene to be weird were you totally bummed that she postponed Chromactica uh, I, I don't know I think that there are a lot of um, like when you become a pop star of that size you are a business and a corporation and mm-hmm. the infrastructure for Anywhere between 20 and 1,000 people's lives and well-beings, whether it be the people who build the sets, make the tour, dance on the, on the road. Like, that's a huge thing. And I know a large part of promoting an album is about touring. That's how a lot of or- artists make money and how they how, – where they thrive. And I don't think Gaga wants to be on Ellen. But they're saying right now that we may not have live a live concert event or a live sporting event until 2021. Mm-hmm. She's not going to delay the album that long. I don't think so. I think we'll figure it out. I think we're all working together mm-hmm. and figuring this out step by step. But I think at, at that moment, it was like, how could she not only put like her music out? At, I, I mean, the music is what I really wanted. But I understand Same. that yeah. people are not loyal and not going to buy tickets to the Chromactica Ball when it comes on sale in 2021. They're going to be like, no, I've already chewed this music and spit it out. And it's like, that's a lot of people's well-being. That's a lot of people's hard work and dedication. And it's like, they want to see their investment go through. And I hate to look at it like a business, but this is the music industry we're talking about when we get to it that wide Mm -hmm. i know there was a lot of hands in it if it was as simple as do i want people to hear my songs or do i not like of course gaga's going to choose to put it out there well thank god fiona apple was able to release her album i know she dropped a bomb Mm -hmm. i mean i'm the biggest fiona fan i mean this is this is an event for like the young people (laughs) i mean this happens once every seven years okay (laughs) like i grew up loving fiona but you know how you were saying like you needed an artist that's like cool and wacky and like Mm -hmm. but has like insane talent Mm -hmm. Like, are you a Fiona fan? I am a not, I don't, I do not know her intimately. She did not come into my life when I was younger. I, but I do know. She's what you're, what you, what young Dave was looking for. People have told me that, (laughs) that, that that Fiona walked so Lord could run. Yeah. Lord, Lord was the comparison, a a friend on a thread today. I don't know if this, if he's right or not, but they said as far as experimentation, like it's like, it's like a Bjork world almost, but it's also like mixed with like. I've only listened to two tracks off the new album, but I just well, know well, it's this, out. Her new music is not at all like her old music. I mean, like, I get down with Criminal any day of the yeah, week. Um, like, you just listen to Criminal. That is, like, the best of the best. But all of her music, her, like, her three, like, pillar albums. like Piano-driven. Like, piano-driven. Like, I would say, like, okay, she's kind of like Tori Amos meets Regina Spector meets probably, like, the most current version would be, like, Lord and St. Vincent. I put on the album the other day while we were cleaning, and it was, like, the first three songs. I was like, okay, this is really funky and weird and, like... um, It's really stripped down and Mm -hmm. raw, but if you go back to her first album, which had Criminal on it, it's called Title, When the Pawn... I'll do a deep dive. We got nothing but time now. It's amazing. I'm in. And I I do love the new album for what it's worth. Yeah. I'm I'm excited. I don't like I don't have a strong relationship to her and I'm excited to allow her in. Yeah. I've always I mean, I've always loved Criminal and like I just that's probably like the the Mm -hmm. song I know. And then I watched Hustlers and the moment one Jennifer Lopez comes out and strips to 
Criminal and I died. Criminal is one of the all-time greatest songs to ride to. I played, it, I played it at Soul Cycle for a month straight after I had yeah. seen it in the movie. <laughs> so when we were chatting before, you were saying, because a lot of what you do, like even just in your comedy you know production you create these little gamelets and you were saying we should do like a recast of lady lady marmalade oh like, yeah i i mean ariel and i do that all the time mm-hmm. like or we'll just be like okay who's your divas live who all right if you have to recast this like who would you what would you do and uh lady marmalade is the one that came to mind because it's like so iconic and i think that we could so so redo it now and you know there's so many people that would totally and i just feel like so many people would. it's so tough though because when you recast it like do you go like person for person based off of like i was wondering like this. Vocal but that's quality. part of the fun. Yeah. What is yeah. in what scope? And then tell me who's in the cast. Yeah. Or is it like? Okay. Is it energy? Okay. Yeah. I think that that's up to you. I I've gone full wacko. You go first. You go. Okay. The only thing that I know for sure, like in terms of the actual role, Kelly Clarkson goes in the Christina slot. Okay. All right. Excellent. Go ahead. Excellent. Okay. So for the Christina role, I have Celine Dion. And this is because in my, in my Lady Marmalade, <laughs> I am only trying to kill gay people. I would like gay people to watch this Lady Marmalade and die afterwards <laughs> okay. because it's so good. So I want in the Xtina role for me, it's all about giving fashion and giving like breathtaking soaring live vocals. Okay. So for me, Celine Dion fills that particular role. Let's now okay. go on. And Ariel, you're all Christina. Right. My Christina is Ariana. I'm going to give it to Ariana. Okay. I just feel like she would absolutely destroy. Mm. She gives me the same like, like kitty porn vibe that like Christina represented at that time. See, I put Ariana Grande in the Maya role because I felt that they have the weakest voices. I just feel like she would never say yes to that role. Yeah, no. uh, She would never. She would be like, are you kidding? Her team would come at you with a gun. But Ariana would show up in the Maya role. If Celine Dion was playing Christina. Right. Because she has respect for the queen. And also, I think Celine could rock the fashion of Christina really well. Can't you see her insane Christina outfit? Oh. Rail thin, bustier, give her the big curly hair. She would destroy. She would destroy it. But But I I do think, yeah, I I feel like I put Jessie J in the pink role. Okay. And I just think that, like, vocally, she should be in the Christina role. But, like, she is not respected (laughs) by the public. And she has, I think, one of the best voices of anybody in the pop world. I put Lizzo in the pink role. I feel like they each have this, the raw throaty, throatiness of, in their voice. And they have this aggression. Right. I put Lizzo in, the, in Little Kim's role. Okay. I put Lauren Allred <laughs> in the pink role. And again, I'd like to remind all of the listeners that I am going to kill gay people with mine. Um, this is about ending all gay men. And after remind this one the children who Lauren Allred Lauren is. Allred is uh, the singer of Never Be Enough. Um, from The Greatest from Showman. From The Greatest She's Showman. She's singer. <laughs> Never be enough. Truly. She, she, she has a voice that is stupid. So Ariel and I watched YouTube videos of Lauren Allred. There are only four in existence. Yeah. This woman is like locked in a cage somewhere. Wow. We have no idea what's happening with her. But um, she is the most incredible live singer I think I've ever seen, and I've just so she, recently she tours. She tours with David Foster. Ugh. He's like the the writer of all of Celine's biggest music. Stop. Yolanda Hadid. Say no more. Of the course, ex- ex- Yolanda Hadid. Of course, Housewives podcast. Of course, of course. So Wake she, up, Pearl. So she tours. Um, I was just saying, if just in case, just as a reminder. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for my little Kim? Yes. yes. 
This may be controversial. Beyonce. Oh. Because she can nail the rap. Because she can nail the rap. Yeah. <sighs> I think... Little sure. Kim does a rap, and mm-hmm. Beyonce often can rap better than Jay-Z. I think you will get death threats for that sentence in certain neighborhoods. <laughs> the beehive. I can hear them already. They're coming. I cannot it was, it speak was, to it, what you have just said. In fact, between... I am nervous for your safety here in Harlem. I think we might need to get you a car. It was between um, It was between Beyonce and I guess the obvious choice is Cardi B. Yeah. It, it would. I feel like... It, I have Meg The Stallion. Uh, I want Meg The Stallion to come in and fuck it up with those fresh knees, mm-hmm. fresh hair. She's got an attitude and, and a personality and a charisma that I think is going to destroy and take over the hip hop industry. And she also doesn't have a combative energy with mm-hmm. other females. Like it seems really welcoming and warm and like she wants to collaborate and she wants to like promote female driven hip hop. Absolutely. And I, I, I say Meg The Stallion. Also, you know, she'd look good in that red. I couldn't agree with that more. Can you see her? You know how little Kim. I just pictured the music video. She's in all red on that sofa. Mm-hmm. Like, can you see Meg in that full outfit? Yep. Just oh, it would. Titty be. sitting, ass fat, red, just looking so good. Yeah, she would be all all day. And also, she's an incredible rapper. I've seen her freestyle on Sway's show, and I know that she's she's got real chops as a rapper. So I say I say Meg the Stallion. I totally agree. Um, in my Maya role, I thought it'd be fun to like throw throw a bone to like you know a girl who needs it, yeah. like Tanache. <laughs> Let's give it That's to Tanache. Because I, I also I think it. that she would kill in a bustier. She would like fit the part. She, and she would want it bad. She would want it bad. She is a dancer. Maya is a dancer. I can't believe that they haven't redone Lady Marmalade yet. I think it, it's th- been I think for this years. reason only. Like who who's going to do it? And like who's going to tell the other girls that they didn't get it? Like, <laughs> like I just think that nailing. I mean, it's just the easiest way to get like a huge like smash number one. I would sooner think. I think they would sooner like reboot Divas Live before they did this. Really? Oh my god, it'd be so hard. It's so political because like who gets in that Divas Live? I don't know. It was just like when when we used to pit women against each other and there was only like eleven allowed in the zeitgeist at mm-hmm. one time. It was really easy to put them all on the stage. Well, Celine, there's so many now. Well, like <laughs> Celine couldn't do it because she's already done it. So we have to take out everybody who has already. If we make done it, it a thing where it's almost like Kennedy Center honors and it's like you get it once, mm-hmm. then. And oh, then okay, yeah. So Selena and Mariah are out, so we don't have to worry about hurting their feelings. Mm-hmm. Selena and Mariah are out, uh, but then I don't know. I feel like it, this is how I would run it if I was the producer. We do five every single year, and then there would be one Legends tribute, and we would have to give the mm. Legends. We and it right. would be whoever's you know whatever right. Shaka. We do Celine one year. Mm-hmm. Whoever still got the got the legs to make it the mile. Like, Celine's in it for another ten years. I guarantee we'll get another album. Absolutely. But uh, my other my Maya was Shakira because she gagged me in the Super Bowl, and I think gays would be like absolutely. Um, so that's mine again to gag the kids Lauren Allred Meg Thee Stallion Celine Dion Shakira I've covered all my bases all everyone is happy we're all dead (laughs) all gay people should we wrap it up by playing why don't you I mean you created this game Celebrity Essences I thought it'd be cool if you tell people how to play the game and then you can like we can do do one we can do one Mm -hmm. Um, okay so Basically, Essences is how the idea for Game Show even started. We, I was performing it as a part of my stand-up. I was, um, basically, Essences is where you conjure a celebrity with three, or f- we did five in the live show, different clues that are like um, different kind of like uh, objects, concepts, people, places, things um, that uh, would describe the essence of a given celebrity. So Matt and I, for example, we, we do, the, he said on his, uh, he did Lena Dunham in his episode, but I'll do another one for you now. And all you have to do is just tell me who the celebrity is mm-hmm. based on these three things. First clue is your friend who went to Paris for two weeks 
Now she's back and she wears a beret all the time. <laughs> and you're like, okay, girl. <laughs> okay. We get it. You went to France. Okay. Next clue is a middle school production of Little Women. That was very good. And then your final clue is a vanilla scented candle. Very blah scent. And it's never been lit. It just sits in the bathroom. Those are your three clues. Now, in, in the show, we, we talk about how this game is virtually unwinnable, but you might get it. Okay. There's one person who comes to mind. See? And that's that's how you know it's a good essence. Somebody comes it? to mind. Who is the chick that played the lead in um, Fifty Shades of Grey? Dakota Johnson. Is it Dakota Johnson? You are. So you are. And if this were a game show, we would give you 10 points for saying Dakota Johnson's name just for bringing her into the space and yeah. thanking you for that. Um, but we're, it's a little bit closer. Ariel, do you have a guess? I know the answer to this. Oh, you do? Yes. Oh, of course, because you've seen it in a live show. Mm-hmm. The answer is Anne Hathaway. <laughs> oh, and, yes! But you yes! are so correct. Dakota You're, Johnson, honestly, yeah. is a gag. We're going to give you 20 points. I was, yes, we're going to give you 20 points for Dakota that. Johnson. Thank you. It's very good. It's funny because I can't believe I went like the more like avant-garde version of the answer. I think I think there we would have taken out the Little Women production and we would have added in like a barefoot bride maybe or something like that. Yeah. The clues are extremely subjective and it's really fun and we like to do it in game show because it sets up the really subjective nature of the show. Yeah. That it's not really about these things being actual facts or mm-hmm. gay trivia. It's just like about even the- even like the little chirons that you have are those made up. Oh, like yeah, how Matt you... and I wrote every single one of them with our writers. No, but are they true? Like, are uh, they oh, facts? they're true. Yeah, I mean, I'm Brittany Energy. He's Christina Energy. When you put the two of us together, like, oh, that for sure. Uh, that's like my favorite one that you had was um, Matt's said was dumped by Dave mm-hmm. in, in 2012. In 2012, and yours at the same time says doesn't doesn't remember, remember dating Matt. <laughs> did you actually date? Um, yeah, of course we did. As gay, all gay people do when they first meet each other. <laughs> I mean, NYU is like, uh, like I said, the, the biggest gay bar I've ever, I've ever been a part of. What, I'm curious, what were each of your first impressions? I know that you guys, you know, famously met at, did you meet at Barracuda? We were watching Drag Race at, at um, we met, no, we Industry. Met at, oh, uh, Industry. Yeah, but we met at, um, what was the party at the, the hotel? Pretty Ugly. Pretty Ugly. Mm-hmm. It was a party that they used to have at um, the... Paramount yeah. Hotel. So they used to throw a party called Pretty Ugly at the Paramount Hotel. And we had met each other at a drag race viewing party, but we didn't really speak then. Yeah, but no. he didn't really jump on my radar. He wasn't he wasn't pursuing me enough. I needed to be pursued heavily. Christ. So what were, what were, so what were your first impressions once you guys got to I think I was like, "Oh, wow, this like white boy knows how to dance." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and we did like that that was a thing. I was like, "Oh, we were dancing like for a very long time." And I was like, "Oh, he has rhythm. Like I'm into this." Yeah, I'm a good dancer. Um, and also, I don't know, with him, it was like uh, the the first thing that attracted me to him was, I think, the the night, like one of the first nights we hung out at my house, we were like listening to music, you know, that moment where you like kind of swap your favorite songs and you see if your your music styles line up. And uh, he played for me a bunch of his favorite music. And I remember loving all of it. Mm-hmm. And like we were sort of like we were just like sitting, chilling and dancing. I think that's the that's for me when I really when it goes from being like, oh, that person's really cool. to like, oh, I really like this person a lot in a, in a deep way. It's like when you have that first like couch night you know yeah and it's not netflix and chill you're not hooking up necessarily it's like you're being goofy you're talking about like some weird thing you did in your childhood you're like connecting your obsession with brat dolls when you were a kid or right things that you don't like share like you're the things you did by yourself and it's like oh wow 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were the same. Like, oh, this is the YouTube. This is my YouTube progression. When I start with like this Celine live performance, I usually go to this Mariah one afterwards. And then from here, I like to see somebody current. So we'll go here. And it's kind of like, you following this? Yep. And then, and then I'm enjoying it so much and I'm entertained. And it's like, I guess like it was like when we really had that first, I don't know when that was. Maybe that was like a couple months into us dating. We had had many great dates of mm-hmm. like going to the beach together and then not seeing each other for a week. And then I was like a busy person. I was working a lot and he was at Soul Cycle a ton. He was in the training program at that time. Totally. So there all the time so it it was like we would see each other like once every two weeks for like three months and then i think like one of those nights it just like really cemented and um yeah we've been together ever since Mm -hmm. i love it where can everybody find you guys um you can watch game show on quibi which (laughs) has a free 90-day trial right now um and there's so much content on there and and um, you can find me on social media at, at dave mazzoni yeah and when all this mess is over you can find me on a bike at soul cycle i teach downtown in noho our chelsea studio and at 19th street or if you pre-order our soul cycle at home bike you can find me on your phone in your house in your living room or wherever you keep your stationary bikes (laughs) (laughs) and how can people stalk you on instagram stalk me on instagram at ariel dp a-r-i-e-l-d-p Love it. You guys can follow me, Jess XNYC, and we will see you soon. Thanks, boys. Thank you. It was so fun. <laughs>